Jason Reed, thanks again for joining us. Where are you at right now, Playboy? I am uh, in the Baltimore Ravens dining room in the Baltimore Ravens press box. Oh, what was on the... Uh, I'm a big press box menu person just because I want to know what was on the menu tonight. Uh-huh. I believe uh, they were serving a short rib oh. uh, with some stuffing, and then they had the the normal uh, halftime fare, your, your chicken tenders, your hot dogs, uh, you know, your chips, yeah. your popcorn. Uh, then post-game was a, a delightful array of uh, different uh, pizzas. Uh, you had your sausage pizza, your pepperoni pizza. So it was a, um, a typical, uh, you know, the Ravens do a good job with that. You know, they really take care of uh, the media and all the people who work in the press box. So um, the food was good. The outcome wasn't really what they were hoping for. Let's put it that way. We'll get to what you saw on the field at m Bank in just a second. But first, I know you know that the Super Bowl is the ultimate goal. What does this Sunday mean to you as a fan of the game, as somebody that's covered it forever, Championship Sunday in the NFL? Yeah, you know, the Super Bowl is obviously great, and I've covered a lot of them, and, and I always enjoy it. But Championship Sunday, it really is when um, – the, the nerves kind of come out in terms of like there are four teams left. There are 32 teams start the season theoretically all with a chance to to get to the to the playoffs and then to the Super Bowl, and then that gets whittled down. And you get down to Championship Sunday, and it's the best four teams remaining, the four teams that usually have had the best degree of health because you know there's a lot of there's a lot of attrition in this game and guys get hurt. So when you get to this day, it, it really is about okay, who can persevere. Who can just do enough, make enough plays to get to the ultimate game, the Super Bowl. And it's four teams that are battling and all the emotion and just the the twists and turns of the game. Yeah, that's in the Super Bowl too, but it's four teams that are doing it on today. A lot of hunger on the field, not a lot in the press box. And if you're lucky, you won't have to eat crow. Just saying. Well done. <laughs> it's official. Super Bowl 58 is going to be a rematch as the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers advance through the championship round to Las Vegas. For Patrick Mahomes, that makes one, two, three, four trips to the biggest game in the land. Well, this will be the 49ers' third shot at adding a sixth Lombardi trophy to the mantle. But before we look at that game, we'll look at how they got there. As Jason Reed, from his perch in the press box at MT Bank Stadium, tells us what he saw go right for the Chiefs and wrong for the Ravens, and then takes us across the country to Santa Clara to tell us how the 49ers bounced back against the Lions after an horrific start. I'm Clinton Yates, kiddos. It's Monday, January 29th. This is ESPN Daily. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, 
you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Jason, you were in the house for the first AFC Championship game in Baltimore in more than 50 years. They played a clip on the broadcast that showed an old Natty Bow sign, like a full-blown billboard in the back of the stadium that it was like something out of a time machine. But for today, set the scene for me. What was it like in the place? Well, coming to the game today, you know, you're driving down, you come to the game. The Ravens fans are always among the best, most supportive fans in the league. But there was a feeling, Clinton, it was palpable, that they felt that this was going to be their time. Lamar Jackson was getting ready to win the MVP again, most likely, the best defense in the league. A team, Clinton, that over the last month and a half of the season has clearly been the best team. When you look at what they did to the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco, how they played against the Dolphins, what they did last week against the Houston Texans in the playoffs, there was really an energy. And I've covered a lot of games here, but there really was an energy unlike any I had felt previously walking to the stadium from the parking lot and then getting into the stadium. And then before kickoff, Clinton, you could you could feel the vibe of just all these Ravens fans because they were getting ready to explode to finally get to the Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. There were people that thought that this was the biggest game in Baltimore sports history, which might be a step further than some people want to say, but obviously felt like something. The thing is, though, Jason, we tuned in for Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes, but we ended up getting a chess match between two defensive coordinators. That's Steve Spagnuolo and Mike McDonald. That happened instead. What changed in a game that was 14-7 to midway through the second quarter and looked like it was ready to become a shootout, sir? Look, Clinton, the, the Ravens are a fabulous defense. They have superstar talent at every level on defense, defensive line, linebackers, secondary. And they, they led the league in points per game this year. Clinton, you know the team that was right behind them, the second-place team in points per game? I, I'm going to guess their opponent? Yes, their opponent. You're absolutely right. The Chiefs were second. The Chiefs also have talent on every level of their defense. And what happened today was Steve Spagnuolo did enough in terms of blitzes, in terms of mixing up the coverage, to get Lamar Jackson off of his game enough to where the Ravens just were not able to score a lot of points. They put up 10 points in the game today. And conversely, Patrick Mahomes, he was better. He was better against the defense that the Ravens put out there. This fabulous defense, don't get me wrong, okay? Ravens are are superb on defense. But Patrick Mahomes was better against the NFL's number one defense than Lamar Jackson was against the NFL's number two defense. That's something that you're referring to. We saw the Chiefs find in their offense last week against the Bills. Now, they only scored 17 points against maybe the best defense in the league, but this was also the first game all year. They didn't drop a single pass, Jason. They flipped a switch a little bit this postseason. How would you describe the team that we're going to see in Super Bowl 58 right now? They're playing as well as, as they played all year. These last three games, the, the, the opening playoff victory over the Dolphins, 
going to Orchard Park, New York, and beating the, the then surging Buffalo Bills, and then coming into M&T Bank Stadium. And Clint, you can drop maybe the, the, the best defense in the league. The Baltimore Ravens have the best defense in the league. Okay? They, they, are, they are so talented, and they, they can affect the game defensively so many different ways. The, the talk uh, you know, in the press box, Clinton, uh, when we were dining on the short rib and all that type of stuff <laughs> earlier before the game— the talk was, well, you know, nobody can score 30 points against the the Baltimore Ravens. Only two teams have done it all year. So, yeah, you know, that's just not going to happen. And some some reporters were even saying that the Chiefs were going to get blown out. The line before the game, I, I believe, had moved to four and a half, which is a huge line when you're talking about this, this stage of the playoffs. And so the conversation was all about, okay, the Chiefs aren't going to be able to score 30 points. That was the wrong conversation. The conversation should have been how many points were the Ravens going to be able to score against the Chiefs? Because 30 points, it didn't take 30 points to win this game. It took it took 17, and it actually all you needed was 11. Well, let's stay with that conversation. If you're going to hold Mahomes with that few points in a second half and you can't win a football game, what did that look like with your eyeballs to watch in real time? Clinton, I'm going to say something, and I, I'm reluctant to say it, and I... I I want to preface this with Lamar Jackson is an amazing talent. He is the best dual threat quarterback in the history of the NFL. He's better than Michael Vick. He's better than Cam Newton. He's got the awards to back it up. And moving forward, Lamar Jackson is going to win a whole lot of football games in the NFL. Okay, so now that I've qualified what I'm about to say and I'm I'm easing into it, let me say it. I think there has to be a real conversation now within – the Baltimore Ravens senior leadership about how far they can go with Lamar Jackson. And I say that because at this time of year, you're going to have to drop back and hit people in certain spots of the field with passes. He was 20 of 37 today. Now, look, I love Lamar. I love his game. I love what he does. I love what he's done for the city of Baltimore. And and I'm not saying that you get rid of Lamar Jackson. That's far from what I'm saying. But I do think it's legitimate to ask the question, okay, we've been the AFC, if, if you're the Ravens, yeah, we've been the AFC's number one seeded team twice in Lamar's first six seasons. Neither time did we reach the Super Bowl. Additionally, Lamar, with, with the AFC championship game at M&T Bank Stadium, he struggled. Now, don't get me wrong, Clinton. There were a lot of other factors. The Ravens lost their composure. They had some boneheaded penalties. Zay Flowers dropped a a, a fumbled going into the end zone. Like, a lot of things could have broken differently. But I I think, and you know this, when you talk about the NFL, quarterbacks get too much of the blame and too much of the credit because of how important the position is. And And I really hate that I'm even saying this because I do love Lamar's game, and I so love what he's done for this franchise and for the NFL. But I think it's a legitimate question to ask now. I get it, but that's tough. The contract is huge. He's 27 years old, which is right about that age where you say, if there's a change afoot, it better happen immediately. And a change kind of already happened from the game that he had. That's a tough conversation for anybody in Baltimore right now, Jason. Yeah, no lies told, Clinton. I mean, I'm with you. I don't don't dispute anything you said. What you said is 100% accurate. And when you look at it on the heels of the contract, I mean, look, they paid him, okay? He, he, he got his money. He, he's not going anywhere. And 
if you remember, Clinton, there was the whole conversation, well, how could no teams have gone after him when the Ravens put the non-exclusive franchise tag on him? And what I said to a lot of people, what I, what I not just said on, on the radio and what have you, what I actually wrote was that he is an incredible talent, but he's missed a lot of games the last two years, and he has not yet proven, let alone winning a Super Bowl, that he can get to a Super Bowl. You said something that's just so true that that's a very difficult conversation to have, and I and I get that. But Bill Parcells, once the legendary coach of New York Giants, once said, you know, you know, you are what you, you are what your record is. Okay, you, that, that's what you are. No matter what your potential is, or how great you think your players are, how great you think your coaches are, you are what your record is. And what the Baltimore Ravens are right now is a team that, with this incredible dynamic guy who's about to be a two-time AP MVP in six years, they have not gotten to the Super Bowl. I don't know what, I don't know what the answer is to fix, this, to fix this situation, Clinton. All I'm saying is I think it's a conversation that's legitimately out there and should be. You did mention the boneheaded play by Zay Flowers, but that taunting penalty and then the subsequent fumble, it felt like the start of a little bit of an emotional meltdown for that team. And with someone to follow on like John Harbaugh, do you think he lost control a little bit at the most crucial point of this matchup, never mind the season? It's a valid question, Clinton. And I was thinking that in real time. Now, John Harbaugh is a great coach. Okay, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. He's been highly successful. But Clinton, let me take you back even further than than the Zay Flowers after the fifty yard, fifty four yard reception. He jumps up and he he taunts Legarius Sneed, which was just a boneheaded play. And look, he's a young man. He's a rookie. He's an outstanding young player. But he is a young player. But there were personal fouls that the Ravens had too. You know, roughing Patrick Mahomes, just just blatant stuff. I think Roquan Smith, you know, rushed across the line, and you know, it got real chippy. And and I think it got real chippy because. The Ravens understood the situation. They love Lamar, and they believe in their guy, and they understood that we are playing at home with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. We had the best record in the NFL. We got the best defense. We we have been playing lights out. And I don't think, and I, I, I want to preface this too with, again, John Harbaugh's an incredible coach. But Clinton, I don't think they were going to be, I don't think they thought that they were going to be in this type of a game. I think that they started to get real tight when all of a sudden, you know, the, the Chiefs go down the field, Mahomes hits Kelsey for that beautiful touchdown. Like, I really think, not that they overlooked the Chiefs, but I think that they were just so confident about who they are and who Lamar Jackson is and what this defense is that they did not expect to be in this type of game as late as they were. And I think the frustration just kept building and building. I mean, you have that many personal fouls. It's just like, what are you doing? And then the taunting thing. So I I think the Chiefs took them out of their game to a, to a degree. And you can't get taken out of your game in the AFC Championship game. Especially not at home. There was that one play where Mahomes got smacked in the face and all my group chats, somebody might have said that was a Draymond Green level of violence. And by somebody, yeah. I mean me. Coming up, we spent all season trying to pronounce the Chiefs dead. But here they are, Super Bowl 58, ticket punched, and they weren't the only underdog to bite. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom. 
Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. The NFC Championship matchup had so many poetic elements to it, Jason, that it kind of had to go the way that it did. What were your feelings as you watched this 34-31 to 31 49ers victory come to a close? Clinton, looking at the Detroit Lions this year, it's just such a great feel-good story, as bad as that organization has been for so long to be in this position. And Dan Campbell, look, I got to be honest with you, Clinton, full disclosure, when he was hired and he went to that press conference and started talking about biting off noses and chewing ears. I was like, well, this guy's a clown. There's no way they're going to win. And you know what? It just, it, it shows that you can't judge a book by its cover. You got to give people actually a chance to perform in the roles. And he did an incredible job. But Clinton, I really think today he hurt them. When the, when the Lions did not go for that, for that field goal, when they had an opportunity to do it and they went for it on fourth down, I think the whole game turned right there. And as I'm watching it, and I'm watching in the press box surrounded by other reporters, and we're all looking like, oh, no, you know, if you don't get it, it's a turning point, and it was a turning point. So great, so many great storylines. Jared Goff, you know, giving up, d- dumped by the Rams because he supposedly wasn't good enough. You know, Dan Campbell comes in there, and he, he breathes life into the organization. And they were so close. They were up by, what, 17 points at halftime? But they didn't get it done, and I think a big factor is a coaching decision. You referred to the second fourth down decision by the Lions in terms of not kicking. There was the first one in the first half when they were up 21 to 7, where they chose to take the field goal from the three to end the half. A lot of people thought, for lack of a better term, if you're going to be biting kneecaps, here is the point to be doing it. You're on the road, you're in the NFC Championship, and they didn't go for that. Same fourth and three later, they do go for it. That was all very quizzical. What were you thinking at the time in the first half? Yeah, and thank you for pointing that out because I, 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 didn't, com- I didn't have the through line on, on that thought. I was thinking about both of those decisions. And, and you know, had, had he done something different in, at the end of the first half, and then, you know, had he done something different on the second one, possibly, we're talking about the Detroit Lions making their first ever Super Bowl appearance. And, you know, again, Clinton, he's had a phenomenal year. And he's done an incredible job with, with Brad Holmes, the, the general manager of the Lions, putting that team together and getting great players and, and, and getting these players to believe that they can be a successful organization. But those two decisions, I don't know how you, how you say that those two decisions did not have just a massive impact on this game. It looked dire for the 49ers. Again, the Lions went into the locker room up 24 to 7. They were running it down the Niners' throats. They were passing it well. The offense looked good. Things changed in the second half. 
You pointed out that fourth down decision, but the comeback was already in effect at that point. What did the Niners do in the second half to turn that game around in Santa Clara? Brock Purdy stayed cool. And, and you, look, you, they, the 49ers got some breaks with the fact that, the, like, the, the fourth down we talked about, the, the Lions were not operating as freely on offense in the second half as they were in the first half. But ultimately, the 49ers still had to go out and score. And Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, guy taking the last pick of the 2022 draft. He's, he, is he a game manager? Is he a guy who actually makes a difference? Well, he made a difference today. He, put, he spread the ball around, and they got into the end zone. They scored when they needed to score. The 49ers have incredible offensive weapons, no doubt about it. But Brock Purdy makes the thing go. And because he stayed cool and Kyle Shanahan stayed cool as well and kept being the head coach of the 49ers and kept believing in his guy, they got it done. I saw a clip of Alex Smith on another network, and he said as the self-appointed president of the game manager club, he's not letting Brock Purdy in because Brock Purdy just makes too many plays. That was hilarious to me. And one of the biggest plays he made was a wild 51-yard pass to Brandon Ayuk. About six minutes left in the third quarter. Gardner Johnson in for Joseph, who leaves. Here's Purdy with a lot of time. Steps into one. Watching deep, going for Brandon Ayuk. It is. Oh, he caught it off the ricochet. Penalty. Is he in? He's down to the five. We'll see what the penalty is. What a play from Ayuk. We'll see if it stands. Take me through that play, Jason. Well, you're watching it on TV and you say to yourself, okay, well, it's going to be an interception. And then you say to yourself, well, no, wait a minute. I mean, Ayuk actually has his hands on the ball, but there's no way he brought that ball in. Well, he brought the ball in. And Clinton, when you know this as well as I do. There are certain moments in games where things happen, and even though guys don't want to admit it, they get deflated if it happens to them. And I think that that just took the win out of the Lions. I mean, it, the ball goes from being intercepted to just an incomplete pass to Brandon Ayuk actually bringing in the reception. And from there, you say to yourself, well, they're going to roll now. And they did. Kyle Shanahan, he's got a reputation of coming up short in tough spots when the lights were brightest and things just weren't going his way. Atlanta, we're talking to you. But this is now two straight weeks. The 49ers have found a way to pull victory from the jaws of defeat. What does this tell you about this young man's evolution as a coach who you've seen since a place I used to call Ashburnistan where the now commanders <laughs> are headquartered? Yeah, man. You know, Clinton, he's, um, look, he's one of the best offensive minds in the game. I think you, you pull any group of head coaches, they'll tell you that. Uh, Sean McVay, the Los Angeles Rams, when he was on that, on that Washington staff as well. And um, Kyle is a great offensive mind, okay? I think when you talk about where he's at right now, look, he led a team to a Super Bowl a while back ago that lost to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I think Kyle right now has this team positioned to win the Super Bowl, okay? And the first time he got there as a head coach, I thought that, that yeah, but you're not going to beat Patrick Mahomes. I don't know about this game. I think that Purdy, and I, I love what you told me about Alex Smith, the dude does make a ton of plays. Now, is he Patrick Mahomes? No, he's not Patrick Mahomes. But he's a very good quarterback. And within Kyle Shanahan's system, with – all those offensive weapons, look, they very well can win the Super Bowl. And I think a lot of what Kyle Shanahan has done to get Brock Purdy to this position, he deserves a lot of credit for. 
Let's give a little epilogue to Detroit Rock City. We saw the Lions come into the Bay Area strong this past week. Billboards making it known they were bringing grit to town. In the first half, that kind of showed up. It felt like they were getting to every ball. They were breaking the more tackles, and they were getting all the first downs. They ended up falling short, though. We can say they were playing with house money this season, but what do you think this particular campaign has meant for who this team and who this franchise is going to be going forward now that, Jason, there is a earned level of respectability in the National Football League for them? Look, they've got a lot of young talent on offense, man. I mean, they have drafted very, very well. I think Goff, Jared Goff, is he one of the best quarterbacks in the game? Um, Would you put him in that Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen category? No, I I wouldn't put him in that. But he's proved that he is a good quarterback. You know, the Rams didn't want him, but what did Dan Campbell say about him after that playoff victory? You know, you're good enough for Detroit. And I think he is good enough for Detroit. And with that young talent on offense, like you said, they were kind of playing with house money this year. They won a couple playoff games, but they're playing with house money. Now you're in a situation where, okay, this team, when you look forward in the NFC, projecting another two, three years, they're going to be a force. You know, now with with everything else, Clinton, with the NFL, it's always the caveat, do they remain healthy or do they remain relatively healthy? But they have done a very good job selecting players. They've done a very good job coaching. I see this team being a force moving forward. Dan Campbell says he drinks like an ungodly amount of coffee every day. He's going to be staying up at night a lot soon. But quickly, at the end here, Jason, you're a parent and an American, so we have to ask you, here's how it's going to go. The night before Super Bowl 58, we will see Taylor Swift performing in Japan. That is a 12-hour flight away from Vegas. And if everything goes to plan, she could arrive in Sin City about 24 hours before kickoff. Do you think she is going to make an appearance alongside Usher, potentially, Jason? And will that be okay in your household? Well, let me tell you something, Clinton. My daughter went to see uh, uh, Taylor Swift's concert in two different cities this year. Nice. Okay, both in Minneapolis and Los Angeles. Oh, so big money, th- no whammy. Well, well, <laughs> I'm joking. It would be definitely okay in my household because my daughter is a Swifty. Okay, look, I know there's people in this country who are furious about seeing her at the games, uh, all the stuff that surrounds her when the networks keep showing her. I don't have a problem with it. Like, I mean, she seems to be a a, a very, you know smart young woman, a, a, a very successful business. Um, and again, my 14-year-old daughter loves her to death, so I'm not going to say anything bad about Taylor Swift. Not going to lie, when the Ravens decided that they had to address her presence by swag surfing after the first touchdowns, I kind of thought they lost the psychological battle. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Clinton. I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kiddos.